butter with that. Um, so we are in the midst of our favorite movies. So this is a pretty exciting time for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, kind of to get started, we haven't recorded in like a little bit. How's everyone doing? Anyone like see anything cool recently? I watched all of the Mighty Ducks. I think last <laughs> time we met, I, I watched the first one again. And I had seen that one once before, but not in the century. I never saw D2 or D3, and I finally saw them. D1 and D2 are perfect. D3 is like high school AU. I loved it, but it was very fan fiction. And that's fine. Okay. Sweet. And, and, there's, and there's no D4? Well, I'm writing D4 right nice. now. so. Just wait, there'll be a Disney Plus show movie or something it's coming it's happening which while oh we were also doing the scream uh series we watched all four of those i also like four i think four was very good actually four is good four is yeah. really, good. Uh, really, really it. good i think it's the Sorry. second best one um there's there's some like really fun stuff in it that i really enjoy um and i also think that i she might be like one of the best scream queens uh, as far as like horror movie stuff goes she's just like such a badass i love it she's great she's so i good. think everybody else in that movie is totally dead behind the eyes but <laughs> i think she's good there are so many people in those movies too i kept being like wait what you're in this you're in this and for like bit parts too it's like really funny um cool Anything else you guys saw? Mindhunter season two <gasps> yeah was very good so much I better than it. season one and i really like season one um, I thought it was how they handled the Atlanta child murders. I thought it was like really well done yeah, and super realistic to like what actually happened. Like mm-hmm. that, I didn't know much about that case and crazy yeah. what happens with it. Yeah. Interesting. I got to episode one, watched it and I was like, <sighs> of the f- so new season of the new season. Oh, okay. So it gets better. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was great. So I was similar reaction. Watched the first episode. I was like, of season one or two. Oh, of season one you oh, watched season, season two. two. Oh, yeah one's kind of the first episode of the first season is a pretty slow rollout <laughs> it's pretty rough it <laughs> does get I'll, better maybe i love the way that show feels when i'm watching it though mm. like it is like kind of like slow weird pacing sometimes and like that's like nice on like a day off when i'm just like i'm just gonna watch this show all day mm-hmm. you know feels very much like an extension of zodiac in mm, a lot of ways yeah, yeah for sure i think it's fun having a david fincher tv show yeah even though I don't think he has that much involvement with season two. Like, he he had much bigger hand in season one. Mm. The whole thing with BTK, though, like, I know it continues throughout the season, but it's just, like, in episode one. You're like, oh. I like that it's kind of a cold open of, like, what he's been up to. <laughs> when his wife throws him the books. Yeah. Oh, he's my God. It's so funny. Him, yeah. yeah, he's super creepy. Um, cool. I saw it, too. Same. It chapter two. Um, <laughs> I guess I don't want to don't don't wanna really want to spoil anything because um, <clears throat> I know some of you guys want to see it and haven't. Um, I'd say it's good. It's definitely good. Um, it's not. It's not. It, it didn't resonate for me the way the first one did. That really had like a rolling impact. Um, but I did walk out of it feeling like weirdly like like I was, I was texting you guys earlier. Just this weird like emotional vulnerability with the closure of the whole thing, and it was really kind of nice and really interesting so i would recommend checking it out with no emotional vulnerability i watched serenity uh the matthew mcconaughey oh. and hathaway movie. also we have to talk about the fact that like for like a solid three to five minutes christine and i were talking about serenity and talking about different serenity movies right because there's the, the one from like, once yeah, like, i realized that you thought that Which, like, i was you talking saying, about the- like you were like ooh, and i was like really so serenity's great like firefly yeah. 
like, yeah. I was there watching it all unfold. Once I realized, I was like, no, 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 no. I love the Firefly Serenity movie. No, this is a new one. We're in different places right now. Proceed with the hot takes. Not about space. This is about fish. Catching big fish. And a video game. And a fucking video game. (laughs) Maybe spoiler alert. Oh, I can't wait to see Um, it. I've. The We Hate Movies episode. I've heard it's an ill-advised film. Uh, it's they described it as a seeing be, seeing is believing movie. Christine, is that I, accurate? I would say that's accurate. Okay. Uh, it the, it's it it defies logic and any uh, yeah. It's Matthew it's, Mahatakana, screaming at the sky. Argh! Yeah, I mean that you were gonna roll of... into Anne Hathaway in the middle of your McConaughey, like the way you said the A <laughs> McConaughey. It seemed like every character or every actor thought they were in a different movie <laughs> and that's that. kind of how it was and i was kind of like i'm willing to watch each individual actor mm-hmm. do a different thing and somehow mm-hmm. exist in the same space that's kind of what that movie was i would say definitely agreeing with we hate movies seeing is believing uh, nice. here's the ultimate review question for it is it worth a three dollar rental <laughs> yeah well i paid that much <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's how we should I review movies but you were yeah. also gonna give us your amazon password I to watch figured, it so. hey you know <laughs> oh actually yeah once i realize they're only 48 hour you only have a 48 oh. hour limit oh. so i'll give you guys a heads up if i'm watching something that i wish i could share because it makes the money worth it <laughs> if i don't <laughs> right um then i'll like give you guys a heads up and nice. alert Sweet. Nice. Um, also, Garrett and I watched Creep Show the other night because he had never seen the the Creep Show movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, so great. Um, <clears throat> so it was a lot of fun rewatching that with him. Um, I also realized that Tom Savini is one of the garbage guys at the yep. end, and yeah. I was like watching it. I was like, I know that face. <laughs> yep. Um, and then I also forgot that Tom Atkins is at the beginning is like the dad with the voodoo <laughs> yeah. doll and I fucking love Tom Atkins so, so much. Um, but yeah, that one's really good. And specifically the last installment with the roaches, which I think <laughs> is so gross. That's actually such a good, like meaningful, especially for this like period of time, like this very rich guy in his apartment, like that's supposed to, you know, he's like a total piece of shit and he keeps getting roaches in his house that aren't supposed to have like, it's like germ free house house or something yeah, like, kind of like a howard hughes sort yeah. of guy and so he keeps talking about like oh, i'm like gonna kill all these roaches and stuff as he's also just like you know just being a piece of shit and like business dealings and stuff and i was like oh this feels like so like legit right now so one. yeah while you were talking i'm picturing roaches that have like little top hats and briefcases i don't know what that is but i was just like oh they're, they're doing their job they're they're like they're there they're dancing they're thinking of joe's apartment that movie's weird I, I no. I feel like a cockroach in a top hat is something that uh, is a real Beetlejuice? thing. Beetlejuice? Oh, maybe. Isn't the like he's like a roach like sitting at the the table when he's trying to like give her uh, clues to what his name is? Oh, <laughs> or maybe I'm yeah, thinking of the Mr. Yeah. Peanuts character <laughs> that kind of quite looks a top like a hat. Roach, peanuts, yeah. you know. But but carrying a briefcase, I don't know what. But but like also scurrying. <gasps> Wait, like are a, you thinking Men in Black? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, the guys, with the alien have, guys, with the coffee, and maybe they have. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Great. Uh, we'll sit with that. We'll one. <laughs> we'll get back to you on that one. Um, so yeah, we are continuing with our favorite movies, and so I am going to be uh, doing my favorite film, which is uh, The Thing, uh, yeah. 1977 from John Carpenter. Uh, Isn't it 82? Is it 82? 
Maybe it is 82. I don't know why 77 was the date that came up on the IMDb when I initially looked it up. And I was like, that seems Hmm. wrong, but I will write that down. Um, Yeah. Uh, So directed by John Carpenter, starring Kurt Russell, uh, Keith David. And I also wrote Richard Died Start because he specifically is my favorite character because he has a nose ring the whole time, which we can talk more about later. But uh, (laughs) my friend Lauren and I went back and forth being like, that's definitely a nose ring and like sending each other pictures of it. Um, But yeah, um, you know, this is like a pretty like fun, like time for us to like talk about some of the movies that we uh, talked about in our first episode. Um, And this one for me, um, I saw this for the first time. I want to say maybe like, five years ago like it was pretty recent that I first saw this uh and I was not super into horror at the time but I was like watching a lot of horror with a former partner um who just like I kept seeing stuff where I was like oh I think like I kind of get why people are really into horror movies because I was just like a scaredy cat for most of my (laughs) life so like reanimator was one of the ones that i watched and i was like oh yeah like this is fun gross horror like i get why people like this and then the thing i was like oh this is like suspenseful and scary as fuck and this is definitely why people love horror movies so um since then it's definitely become one of my favorites and like i love john carpenter and will probably watch like anything he does uh even some of the worst of the worst of them i'm like all here for it I haven't seen it yet. We did watch Vampires the other day, which I have so many feelings about Vampires. scarred me as a child. Oh my god, James Woods is just so James Woods in that movie. Um, So yeah, we are scrapping trailers uh, for this one. It's on the cutting room floor. Yeah, we we figured we'll, Well since we're like scrapping a lot of the rules, we're going to scrap the, that. And I think everyone picked like a favorite, like worst review for this, right? Awesome. Um, So yeah, I think this is a fun one to do it for too, uh, because this was like not well regarded when it actually came out um, initially. Um, The audiences didn't go, it didn't make a lot of money, critics didn't like it um but now it's like a very highly regarded horror film uh so you know with that in mind uh what are some reviews people got and i'm also interested if you know if they're newer reviews or older reviews sure i can go yeah uh this was new york times review from 1982 and it had just come out uh and the writer said sometimes it looks as if it aspired to be the quintessential moron movie of the 80s a virtually (laughs) storyless feature composed of lots of laboratory concocted special effects with the actors used merely as props to be hacked slashed disemboweled and decapitated Finally, to be eaten and then regurgitated as, guess what, more laboratory concocted special effects. I was like, honestly, that's trying to be a critical review, but the hacked slash disemboweled, I was like... That's yeah. what makes this movie so good. Like, what do you want? So is Anyhow. there any other way to make a special effect than, like, in a laboratory? Like, making stuff? I don't know. Like, what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't that's know. a pretty I don't sloppy know. review. Yeah. Yeah, there's just a pretty lot searing. Going on in that. Yeah, <laughs> shit. Okay. Somebody was not having a great day when they wrote that review. <laughs> they were very angry about this movie. I saw a very succinct review on Rotten Tomatoes from March 10th, 2019. Okay. Oh, cool. okay. Disgusting false scare. Bob G. <laughs> false from, scare. False Bob scare. G. And he just leaves it at that. Uh, That's okay. it. That's it. <laughs> One star. Wow, friend. He was in and out. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I found another one. I'm gonna try to find it. <laughs> I was just like, shit, okay. All scare, okay. 
<laughs> what does that even mean? The scare is false. <laughs> I deem it not true. <laughs> oh, the, this other review I found was three and a half stars, which is pretty good. But Emily Percentage 20D in 2018 said, great story, poor delivery, and the end was disappointing. <laughs> Overall, the story came out in the most, so I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> all right, all right. Disappointing, fuck? but still three and a half stars. Hmm. Sometimes people confuse me. <laughs> And they just don't understand the rating system. My God. Um, this review was written in 2003. So what is this is like 21 years later. Yeah. Um, this dude, his name is Fred Tapel, Tapel, whatever. I never got into this. Very slow, dated special effects and obvious exploration of the paranoia theme. Paranoia theme. How are you going to watch something in 2003 that was made 21 years ago and call it dated? I just don't... Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. They're also... Well, we'll, we'll get to the special effects. <laughs> yeah, there's... I mean, there is a lot to talk about in the special effects department, for sure. But, like, I think... Um, I think it was the director who did the original one, the thing that came from Outer... 57, I yeah. want to say that is. I feel like he specifically said, like, shit about how gross it looked and, like, didn't know why people would want to go and see this movie, um, which is interesting. Fools. I know. You're all wrong. We only read these to tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> cool. Is that everyone's? Sweet. Yeah, some I found. Awesome. Cool. Um, well, yeah, so... Um, I mean, this is, like, a super popular horror movie, so I feel like most people have, like, probably seen this, but um, the thing was also Carpenter's big, like, studio picture for him, mm -hmm. um, which also made it really hard that it was a giant flop when it initially came out. Um, so one of the articles that I, I was trying to just pull it up on my phone now and I can't find it um, was talking about why it did so poorly. And so people just like didn't go and see it and didn't necessarily like it. Um, a few weeks before that, E.T. had been released. Yep. And oh, so <laughs> a lot of people loved E.T. and Spielberg and shit. And so a lot of people, you know, gravitated more towards it. The, uh, let's say vaguely different type of alien than, than the yeah. one that's in the, the thing. Um, yeah. We want aliens to look friendly and yeah. cute, not to split yeah. in half and then ooze like mucus. <laughs> Which if anything gave me nightmares as a it, kid, what? it was E.T. So. E.T. scary. <laughs> yes. Scary alien. I when he still moves have, around. Don't, I can't, I still I have trauma. Mm -hmm. I still and have nightmares. And when he's in like the white medical tent and they're like. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, the noise. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Dave, can you just play that on repeat? Oh, no, please don't. Over and over, yes. Um, yeah, so, so that was, like, one factor. And then a lot of people just didn't like this movie. Critics did not think this was a good mo movie at all. Um, it reminded it's crazy me, to me. Huh? It's crazy to it's me. It's so weird. And it reminded me of um, something similar happened to, like, uh, David Cronenberg when Videodrome came out. Mm -hmm. Videodrome also, like, got fucking, like, shit upon when it first came out, and people did not like it, which also is, like, a very weird movie with crazy special effects in it. Um, yeah. And it, like, definitely, like, hit really close to home. Uh, this is, like, like John Carpenter took this, like, really hard Aww. when this movie did not go well, mm -hmm. um, because this is, he also is, like, said as, like, being one of his favorite uh, films. He said it's his, fa his yeah. personal favorite of any film he's made, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it not doing well, like, 
totally crushed him and actually affected his career. There was a really interesting article in one of the new Fangoria editions that talked about the Firestarter movie that John Carpenter was supposed to make. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. So the John one that Car- got made is bad. The one that got made is not great, but it actually talks about the plans and even the casting and stuff like they were up on deck to do Firestarter with John Carpenter and then this happened and it all crumbled apart and he was not able to do it and it sounds like he had a really interesting take and like Adrian Barbeau would have been in it and um uh, Tom Atkins, who I love, and some yeah. other people. Um, so it seems like it would have been pretty cool. Um, however, it did make him do Christine, which Christine is fucking great. great. So, um, you know, even with that, it seems like things like did eventually like turn out pretty well. This movie made me think a lot about how so many horror movies have found success in the past mm-hmm. like ten years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I think I just wonder like how much of it's just like cultural for the time of like people just didn't really want that experience mm-hmm. and now audiences like are really craving something like that it's yeah. like how people didn't appreciate van gogh until he like passed away <laughs> you know it's like you didn't you don't like realize this stuff until later mm-hmm. on but it just seems so weird like watching it now like you know most of, so sam you're the only person that hadn't seen it before right, right? okay mm. so i specifically want to like ask you about like your first impressions and stuff too because this is a movie i've seen like a ton mm-hmm. um and every time i watch it i'm like this is an amazing film this is incredible uh we're seeing it in 35 at the beginning of october i think and it's gonna be really great cool. um but yeah like for for like your first time watching it too like what did you think about the movie I was like strapped into that roller coaster the whole time. I was like, what is going to happen? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like I was already stressed the minute the movie opens and the helicopter shooting at that dog. Mm-hmm. I was like, I what was is happening? It, yeah. It, yeah. it made me go to doesthedogdie.com and it was just like big yes. And I went, no. So, well, technically not, but yeah. Not in that scene. You're right, <laughs> not, right. And also not in that sense. Yes. But, but, but yes. But as I was watching it, I was reminded of this movie called Sunshine. Um, um, yeah. And I think that this movie is what Sunshine could have been. And like mm. if it was better because and, and, and they're a little bit different. Like, obviously, this is an exploration that happens in Antarctica and they stumble upon an alien and it just kills mm-hmm. them. Whereas in Sunshine, they're like on a mission to save the world, That's essentially. Chris Evans, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Why didn't I see a science fiction movie? <laughs> so sci-fi filmmakers. You're right. I'm a fucking idiot. If you want Sam on board. <laughs> and um, I forget a lot of the fine details, but essentially there had been a spaceship that, or a spaceship like a like a ship that was trying to deliver mm-hmm. whatever they were supposed to do, but then they all died and disappeared, and then they find them, mm-hmm. and it's like super spooky, and then something from that ship gets onto theirs and mm-hmm. like you have real fear and then you realize what it is and you're like oh, fuck off yeah the third act of that falls apart and it's actually a little it reminds me a little more of maybe like event horizon which is really great but i've never seen that's one to see it's cool whoa <laughs> but anyway so it reminded me a little bit of that and i was like "Ooh, this is that movie done well mm. which like i mean this has like inspired a lot of stuff too um even dave we just saw it, and there is definitely a giant scene that is like a thing reference uh, towards the end. Oh, uh, we'll have to talk about that later. I don't know what you're referring yeah. to. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. we will. Uh, it also like uses one of the famous lines from the thing, like in that scene. It's like pretty interesting. I was oh, reading shit, an article that. also that um, Quentin Tarantino is really influenced by the thing mm. in making Hateful Eight. I haven't seen Hateful Eight, I haven't but seen that like either. from I what I understand, yeah. like 
stuck yeah. in a cabin, surrounded by snow. Paranoia. Mm-hmm. Uh, paranoia, yeah, right. lots of men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, that he actually used elements of the, or actually uh, elements of Ennio Morricone's mm-hmm. uh, soundtrack in the movie. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Which, like, this is one of the few sound, this is one of the few movies that Carpenter did not score himself, but it does right. sound very much like a Carpenter score. Oh, and score. it works so well. It Those does. pulses at the beginning yeah. with the it dog won. helicopter yes. uh, I love scene. This, yeah. It won a so Razzie for, year. like, the worst score. Yeah. What the fuck? I know. Yeah. Get your shit together. And then he actually went on to win the Oscar for the scoring of Payful 8. Oh, whoa. So, apparently, uh, they've changed their minds since then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well... What do they still want? Like Fucking, this is why twenty piece string sections. I have no problem with twenty piece orchestral arrangements, yeah. but come on, <laughs> just a nice thumping thing to build tension was exactly what you needed in that. I know. Scene. Whenever yeah. I think about that music, like I can, I can feel like what the movie in my head feels like. Mm-hmm. Just that like cold and quiet, and yeah, yeah it's it just kind of reminds you of like sound bouncing off of snow drifts mm-hmm. like just yeah. very like yeah sparse very landscape you don't need a whole bunch of melody mm-hmm. you just need that tension building pulse also how was the helicopter and the dog how did they coordinate right. like five distinct scenes of helicopter in sky snow uh, dog running across snow like to arrange something like that with great distance yeah. is insane and that's such a great opening I mean, that's one of my all-time favorite opening scenes. Because you have absolutely like Mm -hmm. no No idea idea what the fuck is happening. Like you're just watching a dude shooting a dog from like a helicopter, and I'm like, (laughs) this is weird, right? This isn't a normal thing for me to be witnessing. (laughs) Is this what they do down there? Yeah. What my my science funding's going to? Well, Dean Cundy knows how to shoot helicopters because he did Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of nice helicopter scenes in that movie, too. Mm-hmm. So. so Dean Cundy, I don't know if anyone else has like gone through his uh, filmography. Um, it's very crazy. Um, he has been the cinematographer for a ton of amazing things. He did a lot of Carpenter stuff, so he did Halloween, Psycho. He did also did Psycho, too, which I thought was interesting. He did Escape from New York, uh, Back to the Future, Roadhouse, uh, Who Framed Robbed Your Rabbit, oh, wow. Apollo 13, Casper, Jurassic Park. Uh, Go Dean! Make yeah. it and then in later years... Uh, oh my god, say the he... holiday. <laughs> it's the holiday! Wait, yeah, he did wait, 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 are you serious? serious? Wait, this must have been something that I read. He's done some <laughs> weird movies as of late. He also did the TV movie Camp Rock. Oh my god! What? Uh, Garfield. Uh, and uh, two episodes of The West Wing, uh, What Women Want, uh, yeah. Uh, and Ugh. his only movie that he directed, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yes! <laughs> hey, that movie's great. Wow, that's interesting. It's so What crazy. a fucking career. <laughs> Holy shit. Garrett and I were just like, we watched like a few things recently with Dean Cundy as like the cinematographer. And we we're like, God, he's amazing. What else has he done? And we're like reading through. It's like, yeah, and this and this. And then we're like... And Garfield's and the holiday and Camp Rock. I can't and believe like, what? he did the holiday. What happened? It's like when I, I found out the director of Food Fight was also the producer of True Lies, and I was like, "What? <laughs> Whoa!" Oh, uh, back to Serenity. The director of Serenity was the director who did Locke, which I couldn't imagine two huh. opposite movies. <laughs> Locke, which was so amazing, and this, which I haven't seen it, but I have heard things. Sounds like a hot mess. Yeah. Anyway. 
Um, but yes, anyway, this film looks amazing because of Dean Cundey, and it's also like really muted tones throughout the movie, part of which Carpenter did to make the special effects look even crazier yeah. uh, okay. when that comes into effect. Because like the only orange or like real bright, warm colors come mm-hmm. from the creature, from yeah, the thing. From from the icky stuff right. that's all over the place. The <laughs> coolest <laughs> fucking scene, and I was like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, whoa! So when the... What is their team known as? Do they have a name? Kurt Russell's team. Or, great. When team Kurt, Russell, yeah. yeah what's Russell. the, it's area, not area. Uh, U.S. installation outpost. number four or something. Outpost four or something. Yeah. Whatever. When Kurt Russell goes to the other camp and they find the guy, he's in the chair. And, like, you could see <gasps> that, like, his wrists had been slit, but the blood froze. Yeah. Oh. It's like stalactites yes. from the wrist. Yeah. Oh, what is and that's before you even see, like, the giant crazy, like, creature thing they dig up and bring back. Yeah. Like, it was so fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. It's wild. I took a sip of my drink at the wrong time. I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know everyone was going to stop there. Um, so, yeah. Um, I don't really know. I, like, don't have a particular order of, like, stuff, like, to talk about. I mean, special effects, I feel like we will probably talk a shit ton about. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, we can, like, get into some of that. So, uh, the makeup effects were done by Rob uh, Botine, who has had, like, an interesting career. He did this when he was 22. Yeah. Um, he was very young when he did this, which is really crazy. Um, he was uncredited as working on Star Wars, which I thought was really interesting um, when he was pretty young. Um, and he also, along with this, did Total Recall, RoboCop. Oh, that makes uh, so much sense. The Howling, which I sent you guys a clip from The Howling of, like, like the transfer, the werewolf transformation mm-hmm. he does because the one from um, uh, an American werewolf in London is incredible, oh, but this yeah. one is also really amazing too. Um, he also did Legends and uh, Witches of Eastwick, and then in recent years he actually did like a few episodes of Game of Thrones. So hmm. I was happy to see that because Rob uh, Botine, I didn't look too too much into his history, and I think like it's kind of hard to find out, but it seems like he had a little bit of like an issue like just with dealing in in his career did you find out some more specifics dave yeah um you know at one point well one thing that's also interesting and this circles back to uh, our previous episode jurassic park mm-hmm. is that um the uh the dog uh thing creature that kind of merger of the two as, yeah. as it p- takes place in the film uh was actually created by stan winston yes um who did a lot of the effects in uh in jurassic park as far as the creature builds and practical effects um but he declined screen credit as he didn't want to take away from uh rob botten's work um, although he did then receive a special thank you at the end of the uh, the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, during the post-production sequences and, like, wrapping up the film and despite concern from the crew, uh, Botten was essentially living on set mm-hmm. uh, pretty much full-time uh, as they were wrapping up the film until uh, remanded to a hospital for observation. Because wow. oh. he yeah. kind of got, like, apparently got very, like, overwhelmed in his uh, investment in the work and the pressure of... Uh, of being a special effects coordinator and creator at that young age. Yeah, it was like exhaustion. He had a team of, I think, like about 40 people working for him. Um, He also wanted to play a character in it, but Mm -hmm. they were like, no, you're like, you're like falling apart, dude. Um, The number that I got was he worked seven days a week for 57 weeks. I was like, holy fuck. fuck. I would collapse. By this movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it looked like the scenes that use those, like those intense, gory transformations Mm -hmm. of like human or animal into Mm -hmm. this alien. Mm -hmm. I feel like positioned in other movies 
it would maybe devote 10 seconds mm-hmm. to like, oh, the thing is transforming and mm-hmm. then cut to something else or like move on. But mm-hmm. this, it's like a wonderful, endless spectacle of mm-hmm. of things that you're like, you think that the scene is closing, but then another thing changes and grows yeah. out and you have a tentacle coming out of the stomach. So I could see somebody with like a very clear vision like wanting to take each scene to its like max, but mm-hmm. that being also extremely mm-hmm. overwhelming, time like time intensive, and probably all like an all consuming mm-hmm. project. This movie is so interesting to me because it combines two, I feel like, different types of horror I love so much where it's like, I love crazy practical effects and gore and just, like, insanity in front of me, but I also love, like, atmospheric, like, isolation, paranoia kind of horror and, like, like things like The Witch I loved because it, like, does feel so isolating and, and you're, like, really paranoid and all of these things. And this movie, like, combines those two things so well because, like, even when stuff isn't really going down and you don't see anything all of the scenes where it's just people like questioning each other or lurking and like something's going on are so intense um i think my favorite scene in the movie is probably when they're doing the blood test yeah Mm. so uh kurt russell realizes that the and they basically figure out that the thing like can infect individual cells. Mm-hmm. So as long as one cell of this space creature is alive, it can still infect and like be its own creature. So they re- so he realizes that if you stick just like a hot wire, like a heated up wire into somebody's blood, like the cells will react and try to flee. But if someone's just a normal human, the blood won't do anything because it's not like sentient. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as they're going, they you know they just take some drops of everybody's blood, and as they're doing like one person at a time, it's like oh my god. Mm-hmm. So and when the metal yeah. and when the wire like scratches against the plastic petri dish, uh-huh. when somebody's safe, it's that just like noise. Yeah, uh, it's like. But yeah. then when it does react, you're not <laughs> expecting it. Right. I, I jumped on my it's like, oh, It's yeah. so well it's done. <laughs> and I love that part, too, because by that point in the movie, like, Kurt Russell starts off as, like, this cool, calm, like... Drunk. He's got a... He's drunk, drunk. He's got a bushy beard, and he's wearing that cowboy hat. He has the funniest moment in the very beginning when he's playing chess against the computer, mm-hmm. and he's like, ah, fuck you, and then he pours his drink into the computer. Which, uh, that's the voice of Adrian Barbeau, who was... Uh, Married to Carpenter at the time, right. which I thought was pretty cool. That's I didn't know that. I'm the yeah. only woman in the movie. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's like a whole weird thing about like even there was a woman that was working on the set, but she was pregnant, pregnant and, and she left. had to leave. Yeah. So it ended up just being like a lot of dudes, which isn't my favorite thing. But this movie is amazing, so it's it's fine. It gets a pass. You you get a pass. Um, but yeah, like maybe that's a cool thing to talk about then. Like, what are some like like scenes that like were really iconic or that like people really love from this movie. The one thing that haunts me every time watching this movie and I always forget how much it how much impact it has is when um I don't recall the character's name, but um it, it's after they kind of establish what's going on and like they understand that like they need to stay together or like one of them will be infected or replicated uh in this gruesome way and they they're just like trying to figure out like all we found of this like dude is like his shredded clothes like where is he and they ran outside and they find him seemingly just like sitting like prone in the snow until you like they all kind of encircle him with their like lights and you see that he's got like these completely like monstrous and deformed hands yeah it's currently on Tori's shirt which worn for the occasion Mm -hmm. and then that just like very like distinctly like not even inhuman but like unearthly sound 
that emits from his mouth as he just looks upon them and then they just torch him. It's, it's a really chilling moment. It's yeah. really great. A simple practical effect that I love, like after this like intensely grotesque, visceral like scenes of just mm-hmm. everyone getting disemboweled and all of the stuff. <laughs> um, the final death, which is... I can't remember the two characters, but basically he reaches out. One guy reaches out to the Mm -hmm. other one's face and his fingers just go straight into his, into his skin. Like silly putty or something. Like silly putty and just spreads his hand out. This is as I'm blocking my hand (laughs) from actually uh, going towards Mike. And it was just a wonderful, but, but equally as effective, like simple, scary, really, really creepy, uh, death just being like octopus swallowed by like <laughs> tentacles inside your own face man the tentacles in like all of the different scenes all are the tentacles so crazy looking oh. i love them oh and like the when they sh- when the thing shoots like like a thin tentacle out of its mouth like grab onto something to like in like inchworm its the way head? the head yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean i think the head scene is definitely like one of my favorites i spent a lot of time looking up information specifically about that scene um and like the practical effects that went along with it which i like want to talk more about too oh i just um, remembering now exactly what you're talking about with, yeah, with it chapter two uh-huh. okay you're right yeah and the line which i am now like gonna <laughs> yeah. fuck up yeah, a disembodied head gross <laughs> legs oh. is that what happens you gotta be fucking kidding <laughs> yeah that's right. like the big line which apparently always makes kurt russell laugh like whenever he <laughs> <laughs> sees that scene <laughs> that's pretty great um sam was there like one that stuck out for you that you really like yeah so it's just a really small moment but it's when the team had gone outside and they're searching for someone and they ended up finding him like short um mm. but they're like okay well the monster's out here wilford brimley's gone so like what the fuck happened <laughs> I, love brimley. I know and then they look up to where Kurt Russell had been in his like little guard station and there's a conversation that happens and they're like, well, where are we headed next? We're going up there. And they're like, well, why you think the creature's up there? Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I know I turned the light off and the lights on. That's and so, like, uh, oh, yeah. it's Chilling. so scary. It's so fucking scary. It's an old school horror shit mm-hmm. right there. I like, I forget about that sometimes, but I, I remember distinctly the first time I watched that movie and I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Real <laughs> chilling moment. There are some moments of humor too when they lock the guy in the uh in the other part of the compound mm-hmm. and there's one point where like i think it's kurt russell that goes over and like oh or mcready that opens the hatch and the guy's like please let me out i promise i'll behave <laughs> yeah which is yeah, so right, right. he's like i'm feeling better it's like as if I mean, like yeah. a kid gets put in a timeout so and the parents funny. like you need to stay there for the full day and then mm-hmm. the parent like checks on the kids like i'm doing okay i really thought about what i did <laughs> the noose though like, yeah. and then yeah just the whole like, scene is you? so bizarre and it's wilford brimley so of course he's like uh, i'm all right damn it yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i've i've had i i've thought about it i'm doing okay it's like I love the 80s technology of this movie as Wilford Brimley he's like one of the doc is there, are there two doctors? I was a little confused about how many I, medical staff. I think, staff. I think one is a doctors. researcher and one is Got a medic. It. Yeah. It's pretty unclear what they're researching yeah. also. But. <laughs> I know, that is the thing. Like, I don't really know why they're there. Well, they know a lot about the weather. They know whenever storms come in and the wind patterns. Yep, that's true. Um, but as he... what caused the climate crisis. <laughs> <laughs> All the fire when they lit the whole base yes, on fire. Oh, my God. Melted. 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 Mel
blowtorch right oh, at the ground. <laughs> As uh, Wolf of Berlin is trying to figure out, like, what's causing this. And it's this cute little computer, like, pixel, like, 8-bit animatic of, like, a cell, like, a red cell <laughs> going over and infecting a blue cell in the computer and turns into yeah. it. Right. I love when people just type things into a computer yeah. and it just regurgitates an answer. Like, the computer knows absolutely everything. Uh, like Mother and Alien? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or it's kind oh, of exactly wait. like that scene in The th- uh, the Fly, too. It's a lot like that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a Curse the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> <laughs> but without the sarcasm and insults, mm-hmm. yes. I prefer that. I prefer it, too. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, the practical effects on this, like, are definitely, like, one of the, the strongest parts, like, about, like, this particular film, too. Um, so, like, Botine's team, like, worked really hard on a lot of this stuff, obviously, because he was there all the time. Um, but my favorite scene is the hand chopping scene, which then turns into the head ripping off the body scene, which is all just batshit crazy um and also a scene that totally got me because i remember also when he like goes to like put the um put like the clamps down the defibrillator yeah. the defibrillator and it just opens up i was like <laughs> what the fuck that's how and now this is allowed to happen like it's such a great example of like universe? of exactly breaking the rules of yeah. like what any literally anything is possible like anything can happen with this thing it'll do whatever but it plays off of like CPR, like anytime I watch CPR being performed in a movie, I always think about like, oh shit, break the sternum, they're gonna break the sternum, and then like, but he's he's giving C like hand CPR kind of off the frame, like sort of in the corner of the Mm -hmm. frame, and then it's not until they have the you know defibrillator with the Mm electrode that finally it like breaks through the chest. But to me, that like plays off at least for me already a feeling I'm like of of fear that they're gonna just in this normal routine you're gonna break the bone that's mm-hmm. in the middle of the stomach and then of course it's not breaking the bone it's fucking yeah it's just <laughs> opens up and chops his arms off you know you know that the practical effects are good when the most unbelievable thing is when they're using all those blow torches that those fucking wooden walls didn't just go immediately yeah. go up and they were able to stop that that happened so many times and I was like but the fuck Okay. All right, I guess. Hey, these these are the rules, I guess. <laughs> the walls were very um, cold because it was so cold outside. And then there, there sure. are a few digital effects in the movie, and I think relying so heavily on practical just makes those 40 years later. Well, that's why kinda, it's like, yeah. we talked about this with Jurassic Park 2. It's just like, the digital stuff is there, like, to help you, but, like, when I see a movie that's relying on it and using it as a crutch, then I just get really fucking pissed yeah. off and annoyed, and I felt a little with that with, like, It, because um, even just, like, thinking yeah. about how corny some of the original stuff from, like, the It uh, miniseries looked, I prefer that so much more over, like, half of the Like, the head crazy. spinning and bodies twisting. Yeah, and, like, I, you know, the thing with practical effects is, like, it is really expensive, and it takes a lot of time mm-hmm. to set this shit up. Um, the guy i feel bad because i always remember the i always forget the names of like every single character in this but the guy that's like receiving um the who's like getting like the defibrillator on him whatever his like character's name is he it was like his head with this like crazy thing they created to like look like him that took them weeks to make um because they wanted to even just get like the chest hair patterns right on it and everything but then like he's still attached like his head is a part of it and he had to sit in that 
for like 10 hours for that effect and then it didn't work and they had to do a reshoot and it was like more hours like sitting in that too so it like took forever and then like if you fuck it up like you might not be able to mm-hmm. like do that effect mm. again which almost happened with the head ripping off scene too um because that's a combination of like plastic with like melted bubble gum um wow. that they used to make that work and then they also realized that the fumes of that were like really bad to inhale for <laughs> you and they yeah. had to do that shit twice like so, like, I can see why, like, digital is easier mm-hmm. so much, but it's just, like, moments, with, like, moments like that, when you're watching that stuff, like, that's, like, why you do it, because yeah. stuff like that's so memorable and amazing. Have you guys uh, seen Tremors? No. Yeah. So, there, I believe there's only one digital effect in the entire movie. And it sounds it, right. And it just totally is, like, wow, like, everything else with the worms was so cool, and then this one digital effect, I get why you did it, uh, but it just kind of just reminded me of that, of, like, the practical work is so brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the work of like this movie does not just rely on the gore and this and just like yeah. creature like when they're um, once they realize that people are infected uh, and they don't really know who's who they like want to put some like move people's stuff away oh the dead bodies that they find mm-hmm. in the Norwegian camp mm-hmm. they realize that dead bodies can still like mm-hmm. possess the cells mm-hmm. and like take over people and there's this great there's two great moments in the scene where they put the dead bodies in the storage closet and they ask Kurt Russell to move his stuff out of there and then as he's moving out and then Windows I think was the guy's nickname the yeah, character it's yeah. he's like yeah. getting something ready and then you just see like something out of, like a Frankenstein movie just like a, the corpse of the Norwegian under a blanket just stir or like uh-huh. sit up a little and mm-hmm. then go back and then when Kurt Russell comes back like a window's broken he's gone there's blood everywhere and you're like whoa like so it just relies on so many old school techniques too yeah there's also a really cool thing here about the uh, the opening title sequence um, and how that was done without digital uh, with the, no digital effect. Um, the opening title attempts to replicate the appearance of the original Howard Hawks film mm. um, and to create the effect of the title sequence. Uh, an animation cell with the title written on it was placed behind a smoke-filled fish tank, which was covered in plastic uh, plastic garbage bag. The bag was ignited, creating the effect of the title burning onto the screen. That was not a digital effect. Yeah, with like where it says the thing. So good! Wow, that is amazing. And like, it it feels to me practical effects almost always are are worth the the risk that they are like creating Mm -hmm. those things. And I just think, Tori, when you were talking about like um, how today we rely so heavily on CGI, I saw the. behind the scenes bits of Endgame and they like fucking CGI'd there's this one scene in particular they literally CGI'd everything mm-hmm. down to a person's hair yeah. so Captain Marvel was wearing a hair knit and so it's literally her in the uniform mm-hmm. Brie Larson like they put her let why would you CGI hair? Let her just have a wig. What the fuck? You already never, have the hair there. You already got to edit out Henry Cavill's mustache if you're at the other camp. So, oh, you know. my God. They never thought about whether they should. Where, on the other hand, for, like, all of the creatures, the, the like, list of stuff they use to, like, make some of the effects in this are rubber, foam latex, gelatin, creamed corn, mayonnaise, <laughs> strawberry jam, and just tubs of KY jelly. <laughs> All nice. over the fucking yeah. set. <laughs> there was also a, a note that um, Wilford Brimley was the only person during the uh, dissection sequence when they find mm. uh, when they when they finally cool down the 
like multiple dog corpse thing mm-hmm. um, that it was stocked with like largely uh, a la aliens almost was stocked with like largely organic material mm-hmm. and everybody else on set was like totally grossed out except for Brimley who was like what's a big deal <laughs> oh when he's pulling out he was like liver yeah and we right, see right, a, yeah. like a spleen yeah. and all this stuff yeah that looked definitely which is it funny to real. think that Kurt Russell was yeah. grossed out and Wilford Brimley's like oh, grow up man which one of the things I that I was reading too is like a lot of the film crew was like just like annoyed with like how long the effect were taking and like how much work they were doing on it and so like even that was causing frustration for them and like they didn't care as much but then you're like but guys this is amazing looking like it all worked out well Mm -hmm. um and one of the things that carpenter said in one of the um videos i was watching when he was talking about this he's like it was really important to me that this was like practical effects and like stuff that we were making because i grew up at a time where it was always just a guy in a suit (laughs) and he's like he like he mentions alien he goes I love aliens, like a great movie, but even that is a guy in a suit. And I wanted this, this to be like like something like really crazy looking. And I was like, that's like so cool. Cause like obviously like he was inspired by that stuff and loves that stuff. The original uh the thing is playing in the background of Halloween, like when the kids are like being babysat and everything. Mm-hmm. So like obviously like he like cares about this stuff, but I just think that's like so great that it was like, yes, like we're doing something totally different with this. Just how it's not even like humanoid Mm, mm. because i feel like that's i mean of course we're human so when we create fiction we're going to like we can't understand but Mm -hmm. i feel like this movie does such a great job of like this is something truly otherworldly that we can't comprehend at all they were talking about when they made those initial like the kind of like what like after those different things are burned from like the other camp Mm -hmm. and stuff and they bring them back and like he was like looking at them and he was like, these look like sculptures, like they're beautiful. But then like they tear them apart because they're like dissecting them or whatever. But he was like, when they were like bring them on set, they were like, these are like really beautiful to look at. They're so well done. Yeah. You know what else is really spooky about this movie? So I think it's in the beginning where whoever is in charge of like the communications has been like, yeah, I haven't been able to get in communications with these people for two weeks. And the way that the movie ends is so ambiguous where you're like, is this just happening here in Antarctica or is this something that has spread further than just this area? And so like is everywhere being taken over by the thing, which is just kind of, I never thought about that. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah. The ending is also wonderful. I read that they they considered alternative endings when mm-hmm. McGrady kills uh, Childs. Childs. Oh, yeah. kills Childs, but also it ultimately suggests that he destroys the thing for good. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm, it might be the same. That's the, the same character thing. that's with him at the uh, Heath David. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that would have been a completely different feel. Like, I, as Sam said, the ambiguity is so Mm -hmm. wonderful at the end, where it's like you recognize these two characters are doomed, basically, Mm -hmm. and sort of then there's this resigned state being like, well, I guess, well, we'll sit here as these flames just... (laughs) I got some alcohol, we'll drink and burn. Continue at the end. And then it raises the question of, like, it was McReady or Mc, is it McReady or McReady? Yeah, McReady. McReady. Uh, is was he actually the thing? Because in the blood test scene, you don't actually ever see him prick his own finger. Oh. No, but he tests himself first. Right, but he says, he, "I'll show you what I already know," and then but, he exposes. But do you him. ever see him take his own blood and put it? Because you see him peer prick like the finger of everyone else. 
I don't know. I've got a theory that maybe it was well, him all along. There's a pretty popular internet theory about that, actually. That, um, that uh, well, actually, uh, interestingly enough, tie into next week's episode as well. So pay attention right now. <laughs> if you haven't been paying attention, which you should. Um, but fucking <laughs> listen. <laughs> We're talking. But one thing that they, uh, they, they designed into the film, apparently, is a, a bit of a tell when you're looking at the different actors as oh. to who is human and who is not. Oh, okay. Like and that is that, um, uh, this is a quote from, um, from one of the producers or, or someone involved with the film, I don't recall whom, uh, but it says, um, so we were looking for some kind of subtle way to say which of these men might be human. You'll notice there's always an eye light. We call it a little gleam in the eye of the actor. It gives life. So there are certain scenes where you can see a light in actors' eyes and certain scenes where you intentionally don't, especially during the blood test sequence. Mm. Um, And at the end of the movie, Keith David does not have a glint in his eye and Kurt Russell does. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, interesting. But that's the theory. Is that the fire or is that... That's interesting. Um, There's also a a thing that I thought was, like, really funny that I found, um, which was talking about, like... The dynamite they use uh, when, like, McGrady's, like, throwing <laughs> dynamite yeah. and stuff, which, like, apparently Kurt Russell, like, almost killed himself, like, on set <laughs> using this stuff. That was a real so dynamite? close to the flame the whole time. Yeah. I'm going to put it down. so great. So Wait, they, they used, like, real dynamite? What I found, it says the dynamite um, that they used was much bigger blast than, like, Kurt Russell expected. If you watch closely, you'll notice Russell off to the side reacting genuinely to the explosion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't watch that. Wait. Which is so funny. To be clear, all of the interior so- scenes, even the like compound outdoor scenes, were filmed in a studio, or were they filmed in a cold? Yeah. Location? So here's here's the thing on that. Um, to give the illusion of an icy arc land, uh, Antarctic conditions, uh, interior sets on the Los Angeles soundstage were refrigerated to forty degrees Fahrenheit, <gasps> while it was well over one hundred degrees Fahrenheit outside. Holy shit. That is an energy bill. That snow <laughs> looks so real, though. That at some parts. I was everywhere. hashtag convinced snow was real. <laughs> because the way it, it moved and like the things fell in it, I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's snow. Yeah, um, and also some even though fake snow right there. Yeah. Yeah. Some sewer snow day snow. I'm a oh, sucker ow. for snow. I guess I yeah. Um, even even the scenes, the interior scenes with the window, the sills filled with snow, all of that looked so real. Mm-hmm. And made me more convinced that big explosions could have been feasible because maybe they were in a cold environment and didn't have mm. to worry about things burning. But clearly in 100 degree outdoor weather. Well, that's also interesting in the sense, too, that actually in Antarctica, one of the most important jobs is firefighting because it's such a dry and arid climate mm. that if a fire starts, they could lose all their research really quickly. Oh, that's shit. That's interesting. That's why they had so many um, fire extinguishers. Yep. Hmm. Nice and also, detail. Um, yeah. The movie, by the way, has become part of uh, the culture yeah. of Antarctica. Uh, it's a long-standing Aww. tradition that in all uh, British Antarctic research stations, they watch the thing uh, as part of their midwinter uh, festival celebration held every June 21st. That's hmm. very cool. That could go wrong. That could be like the thing <laughs> Midsommar, like, part two. <laughs> um. But instead of beautiful landscape, it's snow and... Um, one of the so, one of the things that you mentioned, like with the the glint and stuff, which is mm-hmm. just like such a cool little detail. So like cool. I love when movies decide to 
do different things like that. Um, like when we when I showed it follows the other day, like one of the things was like every time you see like pink that was supposed to like let you know that like it was around or something was about oh. to happen. And I was like, ooh, I love like those, you know, like the Godfather with the orange, like stuff yeah. like oh, that yeah, I'm right, really into. Yeah. Um, but like even just like the details of like thinking about those things and like at the beginning there's like a part where you see like kind of a shadow in the background um, and John Carpenter didn't want like people to know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who that character was supposed to be so they used like someone else that like wasn't actually one of the actors like as the shadow right. as just that way to like throw people uh, off so you so can't cool. really figure out like who it is that's like standing there which I'm like I love when you're just thinking that much about like these little things it's yeah. so great craftsmanship yes for sure and it like you know uh, a lot of like references are made to the thing uh they also mentioned the x-files episode from season one uh, that is uh for sure like definitely. an homage to the thing which is really cool also in the first movie uh there's a scene that definitely looks like the alien spaceship mm-hmm. in the middle of the snow sure, right. when they approach yeah. it uh which i when i was watching that like was re-watching the thing i was like there is no mention of what they saw inside the spaceship. And I was like, tell me what's inside. And it's like a whole other movie I recognize. And they had to like streamline the plot. But like, I still want to know, like, what did that interior look like? Mm-hmm. That's basically the prequel that came out in 2011 with oh. Mae Whitman. Mm. Let me tell you something. Not Skip cool. it. Oh. You don't want to know. Oh. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard it's pretty bad. All right. It's All right. quite bad. I would like to watch the original, like, thing. And also okay. maybe, like, read the story and stuff. I, mm-hmm. I just like to see, like, where that stuff comes together. Um, I, I mean, I had a really fun time when I watched, like, the two Invasion of the Body Snatchers movies together and stuff. So I, I like just, like, seeing, you know, what, like, really works with both of them. And that's, like, kind of similar, too, where, like, then the, the 80s one has, like, pretty, like, crazy practical effects. And um, actually that noise that, like, they make, like, at the end, like, Donald Sutherland makes, um, reminds me kind of of, like, the the alien noise, too. Just that, like, <laughs> shriek uh, thing at oh, the end. Oh, sure, right. Um, but, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Um, this also just reminds me a lot of Slither. Too, with uh, especially at the end when Grant is like the giant flesh monster and like people are just walking into him being absorbed. And yeah. he has the tentacles that like slash people open. Have you seen Akira? I have not. You should watch Akira. Should watch Akira. It's been on my Hulu queue. It's been on like my Hulu watch list for a very long time. I and mean, you I'm should sure... watch it just because it's amazing, but also because of that. I'm sure like the Slither filmmakers are like inspired by this too. You know, it's so iconic. Yeah. This movie has been in the flavor aid for the past couple months or something because I, I like. Thank you for being accurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I listened to the Jonestown episodes last podcast on the left. Um, anyway, um, I saw a post maybe like two days after I watched the thing of someone being like the thing, but anytime Kurt Russell's on screen, he's wearing a crop top, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I want to see it again. So basically, just like his outfit in a uh, Big Trouble in Little China, just like the teeny little like tank top. Sounds great. That. That's also funny when I I we have a really like lovely person we used to work with um latif who's like a retired social worker Aww. uh and i remember i was having a conversation with him about the thing and like how much i loved it and then i started talking about escape from new york and he was just like wow tori i didn't realize you were such a kurt russell fan and then i was just like oh my god i am a kurt russell fan <laughs> i was like i will fucking watch anything with kurt russell in it and i'm just realizing that okay. now how what's your you- what's your favorite kurt russell movie if you, pick, if you have to pick one. Well, the this thing, is her favorite thing, movie, yeah. so... <laughs> <laughs> just check the fucking movie we're talking about. Oh, just check it. 
How oh, can you watch this movie and not come away with being like, I'm kind of in love with Kurt Russell right oh, yeah, now. I, I mean, yeah. he is very hot as Snake Plissken, too, in Escape from New York. So, like, the eye patch and everything. your war or your president. I'm excited because so his good. son is going to be in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier Disney Plus show, mm. and he looks just like Kurt Russell, but blonde, <laughs> so it's great. Can we just clone Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell they did! Even it's in. his son! <laughs> Kurt Russell's even in the Fast and Furious franchise. Are you so fucking you kidding go. me? He was yeah. in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Wait, is Kurt Russell mm-hmm. married to Gold, Goldie Hawn? Yeah, mm-hmm. they did a uh, Santa So it's Kate Netflix Hudson's movie? brother? Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would like to watch it just because it's them. <laughs> he was in an episode of Black Mirror. Which one? Which one? I. Hmm. It's when they all go to this house that's like in the middle of nowhere, and they're building a game. Oh, the Are horror, the haunted house one. I don't know. Oh. Well, actually, um, Kurt Russell was uh, was not the first choice. Uh, Nick yeah. N- Nick Nolte turned Ew. down the role. That would have been interesting. Get this goddamn thing out of here! Um, Jeff Bridges turned it down. Um, Ooh, I could have seen hmm. Jeff Bridges in this. Burt yes. Lancaster wrote the script with Harrison Ford or Clint Eastwood in mind. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. A little bit more foreshadowing for the coming week. but dun, dun, dun. Man, they, they did a good job. I also, I don't know if it's for this one or if it's a different Carpenter movie, but Carpenter and Kurt Russell are, like, pretty close, and there's a, they, they do a, um... What is it called? They do a commentary for one of like their movies together, and it's basically them just like drinking beers together and being <laughs> oh like, God. "Hey, remember this thing and stuff." And I'm like, "I need to listen to that." It That's the party I want to go to. Sounds great. Yeah. It sounds so good. Cool. Any other thoughts about the thing? You can, if you want to watch it, if you go on Amazon and sign up for a seven day free trial for Stars, you can watch it for free. <laughs> right. There you go. You can find it online. I yeah. Just be it. savvy. <laughs> I paid for it because I'm not savvy. <laughs> I, I bought a really nice steel box version of the thing recently. Oh, so. I seen that the package. It's really mm-hmm. neat. Yeah. yeah. I would say I don't know it, of sci-fi. Uh, the sci-fi horror crossover films. This is a must see. This is one of the best. For sure. I would definitely put it like definitely shoulder to shoulder with Alien. Don't be one of those losers who hated it when it first came out. Right. Yeah. This is the hype. This is definitely one of my most important movies that like I've ever seen. Yeah. I saw it in high school and that just like changed like how I view just cinema entirely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it for sure like def- like changed like it it opened up a whole world mm-hmm. of like I mean I love horror movies so much now and it's weird that it's only been in the past couple of years and this is like definitely one of those movies that uh that did that for me. Yeah. It's a truly great horror film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh if if tickets are still available for it I forget what the date is, but in October, uh, they're doing a bunch of, like, classic horror movies on 35, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, and, and um, oh, shit, yeah. yeah. There's a bunch of those. I saw that posting, and it yep. looks fantastic. They're it's a great list. The Brood? They're doing The Brood. Yeah. They're doing The Thing. They're doing three other movies. I think there's only one that I haven't seen, but uh, um, though, yeah. we just bought tickets at the Lightbox Theater. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be real good. Yeah, I'm very excited. Cool. Uh, well, uh, that's a wrap for our thing discussion. We will be back momentarily with our whiteboard question. Mm-hmm. You guys think I'm crazy? Well, that's fine. Most of you don't know what's going on around here. Hold on, damn well. Sure, some of you do. Christ.
And we're back, uh, wrapping up our thing episode with uh, the whiteboard question. So um, for this week, just because like uh, I love this movie and I really appreciate the practical effects so much, and wanted to like talk more about like some of the amazing practical effects uh, other people have done. I figured everyone could just like talk about like a scene or some sort of effect from uh, a movie that you like really dug. This is a really hard question. <laughs> Because there's so many amazing. Um, but what two movies kind of came to my mind? Or seri- I said one. Oh, in my God. It was, it was in Cats. Caps. It was in Cats. Yeah. 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 It was in Cats. You're right. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, Whoa, with Doug yeah. Jones as Pan and as the Pale Man. Um, the only everything with Pan, with the fawn creature, was practical except for the legs. They had, like, green screen. They just green screen basically um, his shin down to his ankle on both legs, and huh. that was it. Everything else, the hands, the head, everything was practical with it. And when he played the Pale Man, um, the character that has, like, the eyeballs in his hands, the mm-hmm. eyeballs were the only thing that was CG. Wow. Wow. Everything else, the, the saggy skin, everything else was 100% practical. I feel like you could tell it really has a, like, voluminous physicality to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Doug Jones, and we talked about him. Um, as Abe Sapien in the Hellboy episode, but yeah, just his work in, especially in Pan's Labyrinth, is just truly like breathtaking and amazing. Hmm. So that's cool. my pick, and I won't tell you my second one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I wouldn't have even thought about that. I've only seen Pan's Labyrinth once, and it was amazing. But like, I bawled my eyes out through that movie, and then was like, I don't know if I can watch this ever again. <laughs> oh, and then the scene where the commandant is—he uh, gets his cheek sliced oh, open yeah. like the Joker. That and is so and ingrained. So, in in oh, the room, I'm I'm God, pretending to do it, but upsetting. like he sews his cheek back together in a mirror. I, I, that that's a movie I'm picking one day, but uh, that is so ingrained in my brain, and yeah. it's just. Ugh. Alyssa watched that movie on a plane ride. <laughs> I thought that's a fun plane movie. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> you okay, Christine? Oh yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm still thinking about cheeks. Uh, yeah, I was kind of like, yeah, I was feeling it. Imagine Speaking it. of cheeks, mine is just quickly the 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 cheek. <laughs> Uh, cheeks falling off in the poltergeist. Damn it, that was mine. That was yours? It's so good. Just falling like chunks into the sink. Such a good scene. I like a little bit look away every time I see that still. Yeah. That scared me for just the longest time. Mm -hmm. The phobia of mirrors. There's also no other type of scene like that in the whole movie. It like is, is a very oddly like different scene and pra- type of practical effect in that movie uh like oh poltergeist God. when the guy's looking in the mirror and his face is like that's what we're talking about yeah yeah oh wow i heard it yeah where he's like he's just sorry like, i zoned out for a hot second it's the like most yeah. ghastly thing because it looks like there's just like some blemish and he starts picking at it and then it becomes a hole in his cheek and then suddenly he can't keep himself from ripping his whole face off Ugh. god I hate, so much i hate like face stuff like that yeah, yeah. Just uh, don't pick at it. You'll only make it worse. That is Poltergeist worst. <laughs> uh, when the uh, the like um, the hell portal opens and just all this like jello or whatever, like the slime just comes flying. Ectoplasm. In. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I saw your question, Tori, the first person I thought of was Christopher Nolan because I know that he really likes practical effects mm-hmm. in almost all of his movies, and I actually watched The Dark Knight today, but. 
the first thing to come to my mind was one in Inception. Mm-hmm. So there is a scene where Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is having a fight in a hotel um, corridor mm-hmm. hallway. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's all real. So hallway built in a cylinder that spins cameras on the floor of the hallway. So the camera's not the camera is moving and the people are like trying to keep up with this like anti gravity thing. Um they had about two weeks to practice for the hallway scene and Joseph Gordon Levitt said it was like totally fine because it was like an eight foot drop if they messed up because they were all wearing padding but then they brought the scene into a uh, hotel room and the the drop would have been 30 feet so they had to be really particular but there's also projectiles in that particular scene which is like pillows papers Mm. pens so like they really had to practice and like I did not think about that when I was watching the movie. Um, and so now I want to rewatch it and be like, wow, I really, this is so awesome. Mm. If you haven't seen behind the scenes footage of that, it's, it's really amazing. And yeah, I watched it, it today. Because that's, in my mind, that's the scene I think of when I think of yeah, uh, Inspection. I'm, oh even my God. from the Inspection. <laughs> inspection. <laughs> even from, I remember watching the trailer for Inception and them showing a part of that and like being like, whoa, this movie looks so crazy. There's also one moment moment in that fight where just Gordon Levitt just bitch slaps the one person I was like, okay, that's the most unrealistic thing. Has anyone seen the trailer for his new movie? Did you see it yeah. before It the other day? No. Oh, man. Yeah, he's got a new... What's it called? Uh, t- t- Trevor? T- 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 Tim? Time? Ten, 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 ten or something? Ten, ten, yeah, it's ten. weird. It's like a weird time travel movie. Yeah, but it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you see a bunch of flashes of images, and you don't actually know what any of it is, and it just felt like it was like, yeah, I'm Christopher fucking Nolan, I don't have to show you anything, and you're oh, gonna come see my movie. And you like, bet when you see it, I'm just gonna explain the tenant, shit out of tenant. it. Tenant. Yeah, Coming tenant. out in 2020. It looks... It looks interesting. Um, I for the actor is someone's son, but like it's just it's like the word it says like you know it's time for like a new prote- new type of protagonist, and you're like what like what does that even oh, mean? Like, shut okay. up! <laughs> just shut up! Oh, when Robert Pattinson's in it. Oh, there you go. Great. It's weird. Batman. Hey, I've heard some interesting rumors about the new Batman. Like I think when he walks into sunlight, he shimmers. <laughs> Uh, I've actually heard that it's uh, potentially going to be like uh, a movie based on the long Halloween. Oh, that'd yeah. be cool. Hmm. Matt Reeves is a good director. I like the Planet of the Apes movies. Yeah, that could be interesting. And uh, despite my hatred of, uh, you know, the Twilight movies, uh, he, I think, might be a decent actor. So, he yeah. Be all right. Yeah. Um, Except in Remember Me. <laughs> I'm not going to go through that You're again. Right you were going to save that one. <laughs> no. Yeah. Cool. Any any other ones people had? Nope. I only had one. <laughs> like the director. Right. Yeah. Did you have a backup, a, Dave? A <laughs> well, Sam uh, Sam's reminded me of the uh, the rotating room in um, Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Where, uh, where uh, Tina is dragged across the ceiling as she's being killed by uh, Freddy Krueger, which is actually, they built a rotating room in the exact same way. Whoa, yeah. It's pretty wild. They, and they also reused it then later in when Johnny Depp is pulled into his bed and killed. They just dumped uh, gallons and gallons of fake blood out of an upside down room and then reversed the shot. So crazy. Oh, that's cool. Man. Oh, I just remembered. They did the scene I talked about in one shot. 
and they wanted it specifically to do that so people would think it was impossible. That's crazy. That's really cool. Yeah. Nolan's a madman. Um, so for, for mine, I just wanted to mention my boy, David Cronenberg, um, because he Good is boy. also the king of practical effects. Um, but specifically, uh, Videodrome, where there is um, a slit that uh, starts to like grow in James Wood's <laughs> stomach, um, which he had to like wear that for a really long time and said it was like very, very uncomfortable. One of the lo- things like I really liked about that was um, he kept walking around with it and he went up to Debbie Harry and said, he's like, oh, I'm just like the bearer of the slit. And she Ew. said something like, Ugh. okay, now you know how it feels. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. I was like, damn. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's yes. the best response to a shithead like James Woods. I was going to say, nothing like putting James Woods in his place. I know, so good. Um, but it like develops on his chest, and he like itches it with his gun, and then forces the gun like inside of his stomach, which then like later on gets pulled out, and like the gun becomes a part of his like arm and it's so disgusting and crazy looking but it's like this like interesting merging of like technology and like human flesh that like Cronenberg is like dealing with a lot in that movie um and that just like is such an insane like batshit like part of that film and I just like love it so much the future conservatives want Ugh. Everyone to be Reach part gun. into your stomach, pull out the gun that is now your forearm. You are born with a gun. Honestly, gun. watching that movie and knowing like James Woods as a person and who he is now, it's like really fascinating because that movie is just like really interesting and fucking paranoid about like everything and yeah. like yeah, um, he's very very good in it despite him being like a piece of shit. But yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. Well, I think that wraps up for for this week. Um, any shout outs people have before we re end? Nope. All of you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Shout out to the listener. Yeah. Yeah. To you specifically. Yeah. Thanks for listening to us talk about our favorite movies. This mm-hmm. is uh, this is fun for us. Let us know what your favorite movies are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You probably got one. <laughs> At least one. Or least ten, one. like I am. <laughs> um, cool. Well, follow us on the social medias. Uh, we are on Facebook and Instagram uh, and Butter With That One and Butter With That Podcast at gmail.com. I'll never remember it. Um, you, you, did. Ju- you just did. <laughs> you just did. Nailed it. I just like have to look at someone every time like for validation. Like yeah. This is the right information. We haven't gotten an email in a while, so we'd love... Yeah, don't make Connor be sad again. We're on, like, a good roll. Oh, uh, we did have a shout-out, I forgot, from from our friend uh, for our Jurassic Park episode. Uh, Our friend Lauren uh, texted me this morning and in all caps said, I don't hate dinosaurs. (laughs) (laughs) They're just not my favorite. Thanks for the shout-out, though. And then later on just says, the dino that kills Newman in Jurassic Park also scarred me for life. Maybe that's where my subconscious dislike comes from. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but stay tuned for next week and talk about Christine's pick.